0: 526 to U.S. 2 in Everett. 405 southbound in downtown Bellevue is slow on down through Newcastle. Northbound just slow, just north of 167. And again in the Kirkland area as well as approaching the Linwood area. Right now, sunshine and 81 degrees here at the Puget Sound. Stay tuned for At The Root with Greg Kuyper.
1: This report is sponsored by Whole Foods Market. ABC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. Justice Department lawyers say some of the seized documents from ex-President Trump's Florida estate may potentially contain attorney-client privileged information. A new filing preceded an expected decision this week by a federal judge in Florida who may appoint a so-called special master to review the seized documents. Serena Williams is getting set to play what could be the final match of her storied career. She announced earlier this month the U.S. Open in New York would be her final tournament. The 40-year-old Williams faces 21-year-old Danka Kovinich in the first round tonight. A 66-year-old Safeway store employee was killed trying to stop a shooting suspect in Bend, Oregon last night. The suspect shot one person entering the store and Sheila Miller with Bend police says the suspect fired several rounds walking through the store until he was confronted by Donald Surrett near the produce section.
2: Surrett engaged with the shooter, attempted to disarm him and may very well have prevented further death.
1: The suspect who killed himself is 20-year-old Ethan Miller. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says thousands of staffers should be hired for the student loan forgiveness program. Sarah Lee Kessler reports.
0: New York senior senator says there aren't enough loan processors in place to handle what Schumer predicts will be an
1: avalanche of phone calls. Hire more people, inform those people, so in the next six weeks, when students will then have to apply, they can get information
0: Forty-three million Americans are eligible for student debt relief, including two and a quarter million New Yorkers. President Biden's plan forgives $10,000 for individual borrowers earning less than $125,000 a year, $20,000 for Pell Grant recipients.
1: The Dow lost 184 points to 32098. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. At Whole Foods Market, get animal welfare-certified air-chilled chicken thighs for four 99 a pound through August 30th, while supplies last. Plus, Prime members save an extra 10%. Shop in-store or online at Amazon.com slash Whole Foods. Terms apply.
0: Time now for a quick look at our KKNW weather outlook. Looks like tonight, partly cloudy. We'll see a low Route 61. Sunny for Tuesday with a high near 87 and a low Route 64. Wednesday, sunshine, high near 86, low Route 61. Thursday, sunny again, high near 85 and a low round 61.
3: The views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. This program is sponsored by Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects.
2: everybody. Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuyper here on KKNW. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuyper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection with ourselves, connection with others is near impossible. Because after all, uh, emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. So if you are interested in connecting with Greg, you can go to his website, KuiperCounseling.com. There you can find out more about Greg. There is a contact form. You can find past episodes about the root, resources, even a link to his YouTube channel called Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuiper. There you'll find uh, videos of the podcast and even awareness exercises. Now, I want to let you know that This week and next week are the last two weeks of At The Root here on KKNW. The podcast will continue. So for those of you that are used to listening, if you haven't subscribed before and gotten notifications when a new episode comes out, now's the time to do it because there is a lot more work to be done. It's just not going to be done here. So without further ado, hello, Greg.
4: Hello, Stacey.
2: How are you?
4: I'm well today. Good. Good. Good to be back, uh,
2: it is good to be back, so uh, we have been talking a lot about listening, mm-hmm. which I have been trying to listen to,
0: <laughs> okay, and that's uh, a good thing,
2: yeah, right, and um, and it's it's going okay, good, yeah, I don't want to say it's going well, that uh-huh. seems like an overstatement, but I am giving it the old college try
4: takes a while to get that awareness hooked in doesn't it i mean just auto more automatic it does
2: yes and i do feel like there's a process it's sort of like the process of like you know you set it or you're doing it you're like there it
1: is (laughs) and
2: so that's good because i'm starting to recognize that and Mm -hmm. so now i think the next step is probably like as i'm saying it to stop kind of mid whatever it is that i'm doing and then ideally do it recognize it before it even comes out.
4: Yeah, that just takes a while, right? Because that's once that happens, we're we've we've reprogrammed kind of, right? right. We've got the the new habit in place of the old habit going on. So it's a healthier yeah. autopilot. There you go. Healthy so. autopilot. I like that.
2: Right? <laughs> I mean, I watched uh the movie Airplane, which honestly, <laughs> I mean, it's so awful and so amazing simultaneously yes. it is such a time capsule of like what was okay then uh <laughs> but you know autopilot is one of the characters he even has his own imdb page and right. uh you know like so what if autopilot was you know a good healthy character
0: <laughs> okay
2: so there you go <laughs> all right
4: <laughs> well you know that we have been recently uh kind of diving into. How we all listen to each other in our daily lives and our relationships with others, and and particularly in our committed relationships, you know, with our partners or maybe close friends, whatever something that we've really made a commitment to. How do we listen in those relationships? And and um, uh, our frame of rest, uh, Our flame of, flame of reference.
2: I think that would be a frame of reference for 500, (laughs) Alex?
4: Our frame of reference recently has been uh, a lens of cognitive bias. We talked about that last week or maybe the last two weeks. I don't remember. But uh, this is something we all uh, participate in to one degree or another. It's, It's defined as a systematic thought process caused by the tendency of the human brain to simplify information processing. And they say it's, we simplify it through a filter of personal experience and preferences, right? So so this simplified processing can be helpful at times, right? But allowing for more efficient use of the bandwidth that we have available. But, but it seems to oper, operate um, um, in an error state more often than not.
2: This reminds me of actually what I do for the show, uh-huh. my role. It is taking some complex topics, ideas, mm-hmm. uh, um, things that you're talking about and based on my personal experiences and my bias, my analogies, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. I am making it relevant to myself and hopefully making it relevant to others. Yeah. Which is great until it's not, <laughs> is what you're saying.
4: Well, well, the, basically, this this happens because the amount of information we have in front of us these days to deal with, it, it's it's immense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know... What, what is the, we only use 20% of our brain at one time or something, or 10%, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't matter. That's the only bandwidth that we have right in general, right? And, and it can be overwhelming with all the information that's out there. And if we don't have the processing ability to work with it all, we've got to simplify it, right? We've got to take shortcuts. And, and we simplify it by filtering some of the information, taking those shortcuts with the process. This doesn't have to be a negative thing, right? Mm-hmm. But often it becomes detrimental if the person doing the processing, let's say they are maybe lacking in critical thinking abilities or, or they have deep-seated beliefs that counter looking at all the input, right, from all points of view. Mm-hmm. In this case, the shortcut that they take in their brain in the processing leaves out significant information and sensitivity sometimes that skew the result and that's why where it comes the word bias comes in right mm-hmm. um, The shortcut uh, leaves out some important stuff and um, cognitive bias happens. This is really automatically happening in our brains these neural pathways are laid down and just operating away, right? Every day. And thanks to neuroplasticity, we can change this. They can be changed. But that requires awareness and making conscious choices. And for many, that requires extra bandwidth that is not available or they don't make it a priority. Right. There's all kinds of uh well i looked at like 10 or 12 i think of defined cognitive biases you know by scientists but uh, two that i find uh, particularly relevant in today's environment out there is, is, is one's called the fundamental attribution error i love this one um and this is the tendency to overemphasize personality based explanations for behaviors observed in others right and at the same time we are underemphasizing the role and power of the situation the influences on, on the situational influences on the same behavior so so a really basic example would be like someone is racing in traffic, cutting you off, and driving like a maniac, and you're raising hell and calling him a jerk or a terrible driver, but you don't know that their pregnant wife is about to give birth in the back seat, right? So mm-hmm. you didn't look at the situation, you just looked at the personality-based uh, explanations, he's a jerk, Yeah, he's, he's a bad person, whatever, right? So that's a very basic example, but, it or vice versa, looking at the situation, the situational aspect, and ignoring the, the uh, dispositional personality elements of the person, right? It In this case, it doesn't matter that the person, for instance, is exhibiting repugnant behavior indicative of negative personality traits. We choose to focus on the bigger picture of the situation and ignore the hurtful activity, um, and we filter it that way
2: how so what's an example of that like
4: oh i don't know without getting into politics <laughs> and i don't want to do that okay <laughs> i okay. got to think on that one um yeah you know um someone who who is blatantly lying or or making up something right to your face and but the the situation around it um we can you're justify ins- it? You, yeah, you're justifying. Okay. You're supporting the situation. You're supporting what's going on. So it doesn't matter that those lies were told. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, you can okay. imagine this This one, fundamental uh, attribution error in this context happens a lot in out there in okay. public life, right? Yep. I mean, everywhere, right. everywhere, you know.
2: Like, well, they were a child star. Yeah, right.
4: <laughs> That's it.
2: That's you know. Like, yeah. Right. Okay. Got it.
4: Yeah. And the, and the other bias I think uh, we see a lot of today is the confirmation bias. This is a big one right now, I think. Rather than reduce inconsistency in a situation by searching for all the evidence, looking for all the sites so that you're fully informed, we only search for or interpret information in a way that confirms our already opinion, our initial opinion, right, which we believe strengthens and affirms that perception so we don't Echo go out chamber. yeah we yeah there you go we keep looking for ways to reinforce uh our opinion and do not look at the big picture and all of the uh input i think we see that a lot today uh, oh so much yeah
2: i had a conversation earlier today in fact and I was saying a few years ago, I changed the word, or I struck the word, but out of my word or my uh, vocabulary, and changed mm-hmm. it with and. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, uh, my new challenge is going to be trying to strike the word wrong, and instead putting the word different, mm. because I realized from our work that we're doing here, right, that I come from this idea that it's wrong or right, and maybe perhaps it's just different, right,
4: black so. and white. It's not always black and white. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often is it really black and white? It's never. Yeah, pretty much. We might think of some examples, but can't off the top of my head.
2: Even black and white photography is all about the gray.
4: That's true. There you go. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so so how does all this 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 discussion of cognitive bias relate to our conversation we've been having about listening? So... Uh, Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about it.
2: We'll talk about it, and everyone can prepare to listen without bias. (laughs) We'll be right back with At The Root with Greg Kuiper. Sometimes psychotherapy is not enough to get to the root of our illusions. Hypnotherapy with licensed practitioner Annette Kuiper of Solid Insight can help. With hypnotherapy, it's possible to tap into what's beneath our layers of protection and resolve the illusions that stop us from accomplishing what we want. Hypnotherapy is a safe state of relaxed calm coupled with elevated mental awareness that allows for a deeper dive into our subconscious. Led by Annette, it's about understanding and loving ourselves and creating a deeper connection with others. Learn more about Annette at SolidInsightNow.com.
0: Looking to reconnect with your partner, spouse, kids, or self? When the disconnect seemingly has been there for a lifetime and is impacting your relationships, it's difficult to determine how and where to start. But At The Root with Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling is the perfect first step. Throughout each episode, Greg talks about establishing emotional connection with ourselves and others. He offers experience, advice, explanation, and resources to listeners. You can find past episodes on his website, KuyperCounseling.com, or through his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. Hey, are you missing listening to this show is all about you with me, JDK Winnikin. Well, you don't have to. You can still listen to Greg Kuyper's show at The Root and my show. It's a win-win in every way because you can download my show and his at Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Don't miss a minute of either show and listen to them on your own schedule. So be aware out there that you can listen to both of us still. And isn't that comforting?
3: No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk Eleven Fifty.
4: Nope, nope.
2: Welcome back to At the Root with Greg Kuiper, and we have been talking about listening mm. and the frame of reference through which we listen. And right. you were talking about different kinds of cognitive bias.
4: Yeah, cognitive bias. It's a. Uh, it's it's that. Kind of a systematic way that we we, we process thoughts um, and through our preferences and beliefs and just habits and the way that things have gone forever, we develop these shortcuts in our thinking so that uh, perhaps we can have more bandwidth to process more. but uh, many times these shortcuts um, these biases produce biases mm-hmm. and Uh, uh, that can affect the way we listen in the relationships. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about now. So, you know, we've been trying to figure out why it's so hard to listen sometimes, right? Why is it so hard? Where do we go in our heads when someone is sharing a feeling or some information with us? Where, Where does it go? And why does our ability to listen change situationally or with different people right i mean why can we listen really well to some people and not at all to other people what's going on what's what is, what is that all about i think it has to do with some of these biases a lot of it
2: yes well and even if we think about what the person's talking about in terms of interest level then yeah, isn't it based yeah. on our interest level <laughs> and not necessarily, you know what I mean, like right. I'm thinking about like, well, maybe they 're boring, and I'm like, well, that's my opinion <laughs> maybe <laughs> they're right. not boring to them, right. yeah, okay,
4: or maybe we are uh as we so often do, running in our head that these people aren't right. I've got the right answer, right We talked about that, we're going to okay. talk about this more we talk. We've been talking extensively about being present, right? Being in the moment. That's something that we talk about all the time on this show, in the here and now, being here. And this is certainly key to good communication and understanding. But I i often hear from one partner in a relationship that they do not believe the other person is present in their interactions. You know, I've told the story numerous times, uh, I think, on the show that... Uh, about the wife and the husband that came in one time and and she was telling me that, you know, Don is just never present when we're together. And Don looked at her with just incredulously and me and said, Greg, that's just wrong. I don't get it. I am here right now. I've always been here and I always will be here. And, you know, obviously proximity was the requirement for his presence, right? Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and she just shook her head, I remember. But of course, being present means more than being physically Right. in the immediate area of this interaction, right? It means being in the interaction with our mind, our feelings, even, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Our thoughts and feelings. The connection sought. By one partner, we'll call him the bidder, if you will, bidding for connections. Okay, cannot happen if the recipient of the bid is off somewhere else in their head. So, so getting the attention of the recipient is the initial goal, and and there are times this takes more than just starting the conversation. You know, I, I worked with a couple and. Um, as we were trying to work on this this listening and being present, it was uh, that she mentioned that she has to do something fairly dramatic to get his attention. And once he has it, once she has it, he's there, he'll listen, But, but she has to you know, I'm
2: pregnant. pound
4: on the table or, you know.
2: I did that as a child. I was like seven, and I would be like, I'm pregnant because <laughs> I wanted my parents to listen to me. So is that what you're talking about?
4: Kind of, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Uh, I was, I'm in select dr- drama. Right, okay.
4: <laughs> I guess that would do it. Did yep. they listen? Uh, yeah. I mean, they were like, oh, here she goes again. Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: and then when I started getting pregnant, then it got serious.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so so many times uh in until we get this down we can't just start talking right um because um your partner has has not trained themselves yet to to be aware of those cues so but let's say everyone in the interaction appears to be present right mm-hmm. the listening can can then truly begin and this is the time when cognitive bias can make a mess out of things, All right? Let's, let's say, let's go back. Let's say early in life we were subjected to caregivers or, or our siblings or, or students or teachers, just people in our environment that unwittingly, or maybe wittingly, made us painfully aware that we were wrong much of the time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens a lot. No matter what we did or said, it was not good enough, and our interpretation, our perception became that we're just incorrect. We are just wrong, incorrect. And and as the years went by, this this is a big hit to our self worth, right? Mm-hmm. Because
2: I'm thinking of all of us ADHDers. Yeah. Where they say <laughs> uh, there is a statistic out there that I'm not going to get right, but a substantial uh, percentage. Uh, it's believed more than really any other mental illness, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, the negative self-talk for ADHDers is higher than most it is. other. Yeah, because yeah. you constantly hear, "No, stop!" You know, "Don't do this. Don't do that." Um, you know, "You're not doing this right." Stop fidgeting or whatever. And right. so, I'm thinking about that, and so many of us that have it, we hear all of that, and then you start to believe it.
4: Yep, that's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. As the years went by, you know this, this becomes a real hit to your self worth, right? Because it, it becomes unbearable, and and this, and so we create coping mechanisms, right, uh-huh. to protect ourselves from the emotional trauma of those experiences, and um, many of us find or found that making sure our opinions and perceptions were heard first and foremost and loudest, that puts us in the position of being right. At least our perception is that, right? So get it out there and and override everyone else. This was all automatic and unconscious, and it became part of our illusion, right? In our interactions with others and in our interactions with ourselves in our head, we adamantly informed whomever that we had the answers and they were correct. We're right. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'll tell you. This knowing became part of our autopilot patterning and, and for many of us, we have carried it forward into our lives today, manifested in our day-to-day interactions in the form of interruptions and jumping in without fully hearing someone else who is sharing with us. We all know someone that does that.
2: I feel like that's personal. <laughs> and
4: and and we all know, and we can all sit here and pause a moment and go, oh, I've done that. I know I have, right? Uh-huh. And this this behavior can be masked during an engagement of great excitement and aroused emotions, right? I mean, we're just... Jumping into this excitement, but it is always still an interruption of the speaker, and and not excusable as just joining into the enthusiasm, because in many instances the interruption has quite the opposite effect to the interaction, as it hijacks any intent the speaker may have had, and immediately turns the focus of the t- uh, this engagement to us, us. right. Turns it about us. Without awareness, we can all be guilty of this, right? You know what I'm talking about.
2: Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like depressingly so. <laughs> so many conversations I think of that I wish I could go back because I genuinely didn't mean to hijack it and shift the focus.
4: Right. And and the problem is we don't realize until la- later. Right? Mm-hmm. So you know, examples. Someone is telling us a story of something that happened to them, right? This is basically a bid for connection, right? Mm-hmm. And we get triggered into a memory, and we jump in with, "Oh my God, that happened to me," right? Guilty. Or, I remember when. Or you know, that happened to my brother. Uh, you know, and and you just carry on and. And the hijack takes place then right it's 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 over, and it's the conversation is now about you and you know i don't we don't do this intentionally but but it's a reaction from our autopilot illusion that what we have to say is more important or more relevant or more correct, potentially you know this is based on the coping skills we created for. Protecting us from those hits to our self worth way back when. Mm-hmm. It's important to remember, though, here that this is automatic. It's woven into our reactive behavioral responses, and so by being automatic, we need to figure out a way to make it a bring it into awareness and change it. Right? Mm-hmm. We'll talk. About, we'll talk some more about that. So. When we do this, um, we're not allowing for validation of the other person. Validation is important, right? I mean, that's what...
2: Yeah, uh, big time.
4: I'm not talking about validating where someone is right or wrong or good or bad or whatever. I'm talking about emotional validation. I was just right? going to
2: say, I, I'm i thinking of a conversation where, you know, I have a, a friend group where... It just so happens that a lot of us have sons that are around the same age and they're all going through their uh, growth and development at different, you know, speeds and whatever. And so it would be easy for all of us to jump in and, you know, oh, well, this is what, you know, Mm -hmm. mine's going through or whatever. And instead, you know, we try to, you know, how does that make you feel? And, you know, are you are you scared for them? Are you are you excited to have the time? You know, and trying to remember that, you know, they're sharing this with all of us and we're a soft place to land. And they are having, as a parent, you do have all these insecurities and fears and worries and upset and maybe even disappointment about some of the choices that your kids make. And so to have a place where you can talk about it and be heard. You know that's really important
4: it's really important um, We all need validation, emotional validation, you know that this helps us to feel seen and heard and and we're not uh we're by not interrupting, we're not trying to change or minimize the other person's emotions right mm-hmm. that's, that's That's what we do when we change the interaction to all about us soon as we switch it to All About Us, we are minimizing the emotions the other person is feeling. Unintentionally, probably, but, but we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, it just makes their emotions in the moment less important than our emotions in the moment, right? What we've got to say. And in so doing, you know, we're probably protecting our are those perceived hits to our self-worth using those coping skills that we learned a long time ago, right? They're not so valuable these days because that was X years ago. Let's say it was 25 years ago. Do we really need those coping skills anymore to to validate our self-worth? Um, I don't know. Maybe some people do, but... but uh, I think more often than not, this automatic behavior is just carrying on in the background. And we don't even know we're doing it until somebody tells us. (laughs) I feel like
2: you're telling me right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is very, this resonates so much. So for everybody that's listening out there that this resonates, it's okay. We're going to be okay. I mean you know it's it's a hard thing to to hear that
4: it's a very hard thing to hear that mainly because we're not as we sat here thinking about we we it it may be hard to hear about, but we are uh, we know we're not intentionally doing it right and then and then and that knowing in itself can almost make us shameful right and then here then we go back to the self worth piece so yes. Yeah, it's kind of a vicious cycle.
2: It is a vicious cycle. And, you know, I almost feel like the the way to deal with it, of course, I'm making about me. <laughs> and here we go. Uh but to really let especially a significant other or a good friend or whomever it is know, hey, here's something that I've noticed about myself and let's come up with a way when you notice I'm doing this or you feel like mm-hmm. the focus has shifted you know, let's find a way that I can, you know, react or have the feedback or whatever, but let you continue your thoughts. And then if we, you know, the whole put a pin in it thing that a lot of people use (laughs) in business, like let's put a pin in that for a second right? and say, you know, like we're pinning it. We're remembering that we want to talk about this. However, let's let the person that was trying to make the bid for connection finish what they were trying to say. And then maybe that amount of time that we're allowing them to finish, Mm -hmm. we can decide if what we wanted to add is really worthy of adding.
4: Right. It's a good idea. It's great if we can do it. Right. Right. Many, so many times we're just, I think we're just trying to join in the excitement. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, if it's an exciting, somebody sharing something that happened and it was so fun and so Whatever, and they accomplish something, and we just want to jump in and join that excitement, but generally it's it happens a lot with in like a one upmanship type,
2: but we thing, even do it right, yeah, I think we even do it in negative things,
4: mm, yeah, oh, of course, I <laughs>
2: mean, it's not just the exciting things, I think there's also you know the woe is me, and I'm going through a difficult time, and I really you know I was dealing with some depression, you mm-hmm. know. This past spring, you know, oh, well, I've, you know, done this. That's the
4: worst thing you can do for someone who's
2: actually talking about it. Expressing
4: grief, right? Is deflect to you. Right. Oh, when my mom died, or, you know know what I mean? Right. Or, or that happened to me when, you know, I had to put my dog down or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're taking it away. Stealing the thunder, whatever you want to call it. In that case, it's not thunder, but uh, you know, right. we're, we're stealing the the moment. Thundering you know, the thunder. There you
2: go. <laughs> I don't know why, but right. word game. Um, okay, let's uh, let's take a break here because I feel like I need to lick my wounds a little bit.
4: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: keep listening to Out the Root with Greg Kuiper. We will be right back.
0: Too many relationships are adversely affected by wounds from our past. Lack of connection, unhappiness, shame, and regret are just some of the fallouts we experience when we choose to avoid addressing those wounds. Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling is a psychotherapist committed to reestablishing connection with self to create greater connection with others. His work with teens, individuals, couples, and those struggling with substance use. If you struggle with old wounds or unhealthy narratives, get to the root of them in yourself by contacting Greg Kuyper at KuyperCounseling.com. That's KuyperCounseling.com.
2: Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Asking questions is better than making assumptions, such as the premise of my show, Stacey Connects, a show about making connections through conversation. I welcome a diverse assortment of guests to chat about topics and ideas that are sometimes educational, sometimes inspirational, a little personal, and always entertaining. Every week, I draw out and befriend the elephant in the room so listeners can connect with the unexpected. Listen live Tuesdays from 3 to 4 on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW.
3: Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150KKNW.com.
2: Welcome back to At the Root with Greg Kuyper. I mentioned at the top of the show that this week and next week will be Greg's last two shows that air here on KKNW The show will continue. It will just be a podcast only. So if you want to stay connected with Greg and the show, remember you can always go to KuiperCounseling.com and there you can get the latest and greatest. So after a good quick cry during the break (laughs) where I uh, basically said to Greg, legit you know that I'm feeling all of this, right? And I'm feeling terrible about all this because I legitimately this all resonates with me as the person that does the hijacking. I mean, for those of you that have been listening to the show for a while, you (coughs) know I love the sound of my own voice. Uh, Greg knows it. Uh, Eric, our producer, knows it. Everybody knows (laughs) it. So I have a tendency to do that. And the realization that you're that person is a heavy realization. And the fact Hmm. that it's tied into that worthiness piece, it, It absolutely makes sense. I mean, going back to my silly story about how I used to yell, like, I'm pregnant when I'm seven, uh, you know, to get attention. Right. It all tracks. And so it's interesting that both parties, the bidder, the person who is trying to make this connection, is looking for validation and worthiness, and that I'm reacting because I need validation and worthiness.
4: Yeah. And- and in that reaction what are you doing to the bidders self worth right. right so this it's it's like a cycle of cyclical almost right where where we take over the conversation because our self worth feels better and at the same time we destroy or we hurt or damage their self worth because we we took over we hijacked a conversation and it's a it's it's a lose lose for both sides
2: yeah i mean it's just it's a fascinating thing that that i'm i'm willing to throw the person that i supposedly care about the most under the bus so that i can be seen and heard right so oops oops <laughs> and you know and that's that's a huge eye opening situation to find yourself in.
4: It is. And I think when I see that, when I, when I find this in, in, in the couples that I work with, right, we're, we're talking about these kind of things, right? We're talking about this and one, one of the partners will come to this realization. Oh my God, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And I can see it in their faces many times when this realization happens that the, there, there's that place you can go to, right, with that shame and guilt of, oh, my God, how long have I been doing this? Forever. Right. You know, how could I be this way, right? And and so it, it's really easy to go back to that shame and guilt feeling that you're trying to protect yourself from from way back when. Right. It's a weird twist.
2: It's a very weird twist. Yeah. I I will say that I'm sure my husband uh, will listen to this later when it's the podcast, and he'll be like, "Uh <laughs> huh." <laughs> I just wanted to talk about my day for a change, <laughs>
4: right. right?
2: And you know, and how I'm feeling about something,
4: right? And 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 the hijack is is what what we deal with in this self worth thing. Right? We we all want to be seen and heard, right? I mean that's just human nature I think, right? to to feel important and worthy that we are part of this universe, we are part of this, you know, and we want to be to be involved. I mean, I think that's just human nature. And and it seems like that there's this big struggle to protect and shield our worthiness, right? So and, in the process, what happens is we rob others of theirs, so of their worthiness, so we can't anyway. How can there be a balance there right
2: yeah i don't well, I don't yeah i if I knew that, maybe I would be better <laughs> about this well and so then a question that I have then is for both sides of the the connection mm-hmm. this idea that obviously. I need to be better about listening to my significant others, my interactions with everyone. Uh, So it sounds like in addition to being a better listener, we also need to figure out how to have some self-worth ourselves. Like, you know, not relying on other people, right? Um, And... You know, I'm thinking about past episodes where you've talked about going back to that core self, our true self, that inner child, mm-hmm. and repairing those hurts from back there so that we feel validated by ourselves.
4: Right. First worthy. and
2: foremost. Right. And worthy. Right. So this goes back to past episodes that you're talking about. This is a yes and yes. I need to be better about listening and not making it about myself, et cetera, et cetera, and I also need to find worthiness within myself.
4: But that's finding the worthiness in ourself is when we want to listen to ourselves, right? Ah. We want to listen to what's going on and, and find our worthiness within that true self. You know, we don't have to hijack Anything there mm-hmm. and make it about ourself because it is about ourself, I think the problem is so many of us don't um, engage in that conversation, if you will, with our true self with our worthy self,
2: yeah, no,
4: we don't right it was we, we packed that one away and it's it's hiding away and and So in order to feel worthy, we hijacked somebody else's worth. Ooh, yeah. We steal it. We rob it. (laughs) Those looks that you're like,
2: when I'm in couples counseling and I see a look on one of the persons, I'm like looking at you right now and I know that you're like, there it is. There's the look.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we're... That's that hijack. We're stealing their self-worth in order for us to feel worthy. We're stealing their worth in order for us to feel self-worth. And our self-worth is really just, our worth is within us. It's there. It's always there. It's always been there. It's our true self. We just need to be able to find it and, and nurture it and love it and talk to it.
2: Right. I'm like, I don't listen to myself. I don't listen to that other side of myself. And I'm all the things that you're talking about that, you know, so if we don't listen to that, our our younger self, our true self, Mm -hmm. our core self, then we don't allow for the emotional validation. Right. So then that's not seen or heard. And we minimize the emotions around that uh, because yep. we're afraid of perceived hits to our self-worth. Right. But we don't care what we're doing then to that other side of ourselves. And really. Yeah.
4: We're unaware of it. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so it's it's such an odd concept that we genuinely do need to have a dialogue with ourselves about this. Acknowledge the hurts. See how they've impacted our uh our lives, our coping skills, the walls that we've built up. I mean, you have talked, you know, listeners go back to past episodes where Greg talks about the layers of protection and bandages that we right. put on and the coping skills that we develop. And, you know, and here we are now. Here's so.
4: another one. Ugh. <laughs> uh, well, gosh. once again, the nice thing about about this is that it, it can change the nice thing about it one thing that's good about it is that that can change uh-huh. we can we can, it, it it, we have to have awareness you know remember the change how to have change is to bring awareness and have the four p's and uh-huh. and work at it with with love and and uh, uh self-worth concern for each other um and I think it really helps if we work at it with our partner. All right? We're going to talk some more about this next time. But, but being able to, to, you know, as we talked about a minute ago, you know, realizing, oh my gosh, I do this, mm-hmm. and sitting in that, and and your partner is watching that aha moment also, right? Sure. <laughs> and they're like, damn about time, right? Right. (laughs) Kind of. And and so what, where does it go from there, right? I mean, where does it go from there? Is the shame and the guilt on your side going to overtake any progress that might be able to make? Hopefully not, right? And I think if we work on it, if the two partners work on it together, you know, uh, learning together what these reactions and triggers are and Developing some cues like you talked about mm-hmm. so that so that we can change this automatic behavior to a different automatic behavior. It sounds easy, but that's, that's essentially it. We just need to get rid of this automatic behavior we're doing. It's outdated. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's no support for it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need a new operating system that has some support.
2: Well, and you, it has really stayed with me. You have talked in past episodes about this idea of being curious together uh-huh. and instead of approaching a situation with judgment or anger or just this initial knee-jerk reaction that you have, uh, you know, approaching it with curiosity, you know, what prompted that? Oh, that's an interesting response, you know, or right. or whatever it is. And that oh. has, has definitely uh, had an impact thinking about things with curiosity. It's Asking why, you know, and going back yeah. to what you talked about with cognitive bias, right? And this idea that uh, some people have the confirmation bias where you're in an echo chamber. And so by being curious, it may not change the way you think about something. However, perhaps by collecting more information, right. you know, you there's a curiosity there.
4: Yeah, curiosity of, you know, oh, my gosh, I did it again, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Interesting. You caught that, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that kind of a a dialogue between partners can uh, lighten up this burden of change that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And this is um, particularly big in the fixer bias that we talked about last week that Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about some more, uh, but, but, you know... um, When a partner realizes, I see this so many times, when a partner realizes that, oh, I am a fixer, and I've been doing this for my whole life that I can remember, and certainly the last 23 years with my partner, Uh and the partner, I can see it in their face too, where it's like, oh my God. My partner finally gets it. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy. I'm not I mean, I'm not maybe but <laughs> you know, I'm not. It wasn't me. You know? And and being able to at that moment understand that and work on it together. Yes. Go on the journey. This is discovery now. Yep. We got the details. We got the we've got the the facts of the situation. We know what's going on. And I, depending on how long this has been happening, right? I mean, if 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 this couple is, let's say, 55 or something, right?
1: Uh-huh.
4: And this has been going on for 30 years of their marriage. And here it is out in the open finally. It can be um, pretty shocking, I guess. I'm trying to find a different word, but just... So stark that for the fixer, it can be, oh, I, how am I going to change that after 30 years? Right. And for the other person, it can be, you know, how long, how long is, long is gonna it going to take this to fix it? Because <laughs> I've been going for a long time, right? Now, right? <laughs> right?
2: Clearly, I, uh, I'm you know. like, uh-huh. Like... Yeah. <laughs> TikTok. Well,
4: that's why it's so important for me or for the the engagement with themselves and with me, whoever they're working with, to to take off on this journey together and make it curious, make it experiential, make it experimenting, make Mm -hmm. it let's try this, let's try this. That didn't work. Let's try this. You know, curiosity, so that we can fine tune it, and and in the process we're able to start being more vulnerable with each other, Uh right? And that's the goal. The attunement is, right? Yeah. That mutual exchange of sensitivities, and that's vulnerability. Being able to be vulnerable with each other, saying what you're feeling and thinking, and not worrying about it.
2: There's two things that I'm thinking about as you're talking about this. One is uh, a piece of, uh, like, a gratitude thing. You Mm -hmm. know, uh, this past week, for instance, uh, my husband, he and I were talking about something I was going to head out, and he didn't respond a certain way, and I was trying to listen in terms of both content and context, and content, I normally would have reacted and thought, you know, well, what's the burr up your butt? And, but context, I saw that he was working on something and I said, you know, everything okay? And asked, and he said, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out some math. And so by listening, I didn't then immediately go to this place. And in that moment, I said, thank you so much for explaining so that I understood both the content and the context. I didn't use those words exactly, but that's essentially what I was saying. And that was a really big moment to like acknowledge it in the moment so that. You know, it sounds silly and I don't mean to trivialize it, but it's like puppy training, right? Like in the moment, <laughs> it's positive reinforcement of the behavior.
4: Well, and that was a kind of a cognitive bias you could have experienced there, right? The fundamental attribution error, if you will. Right. You know, it's what's what's wrong with you right now? And it was nothing wrong. It was the situation. Yep. It was, you know, um, trying to figure something out.
2: Right. It had nothing to do with me. Right. Most things don't, sadly. Uh, (laughs) And then the other thing that I'm thinking about is when you talk about the vulnerability piece Mm -hmm. and that if you're in a relationship with your significant other, then this is the space that you're supposed to be safe to be vulnerable. And so there's a certain level of respect that comes with that. Oh, yeah. And so the idea of having enough respect for the person that you're with that, you know, you allow them to be vulnerable and there's not that judgment.
4: Right. Well, being worthy, and we're talking about worthiness here, right? Being worthy is all about respect, right? Respect for ourselves and for the other. Right? So, and I, it, I, I believe we can gain respect for ourselves by showing respect for others. hmm And vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think a good place to start with this is becoming aware of how we are listening. So back to the, the big topic at hand, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're going before I get get into this uh part about awareness and what to do with it once we have it. I want to uh because we're going to talk about how to fix what's going on. Now that okay. we know what it is, how do we fix this? What are what are the steps or what do we do? Now that we come to the realization that, oh, my God, I'm hijacking conversations or I'm a fixer, oh, no, or, you know.
2: Yeah, that would be great <laughs> if, you could, <laughs> if you could get into that. I'm, I'm a little nervous about having to wait a week for this because <laughs> this is one more week of me unchecked. However, now right. that I have the awareness, right. I, I need to, uh, you know, just try to be aware and uh, try not to go down the shame spiral. There you go. So. Well,
4: and next week we're going to talk about the uh, fixer bias a little bit more. We did last week, but I, there's a lot more to talk about in there. And I, I would, I think your input will be good on that since okay. you are a self-proclaimed fixer. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I don't know. A great no. Kuiper
2: of Kuiper Counseling. <laughs> I I'm gonna go ahead and say that you could probably confirm this, but you know it's fine. We'll take that off the air. Okay. Uh, anyway, so reminder: uh, next week we're gonna apparently be continuing the discussion talking about fixer bias, and uh, remember that if you are interested in staying connected with Greg Kuiper, you can do that by going to Kuiper Counseling. And uh, find a lot of information about him. You can also follow and subscribe to his podcast wherever you listen to podcasts because uh, next week will be our last show on KKNW. It will. So, uh, what do you want to tell the, the folks out there?
4: Everyone, as you're going around out there, stay aware out there. See you next week.
2: See you next week.
3: The views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. Contests are the responsibility of the host of this program and not KKNW. This is Alternative Talk 1150 AM, KKNW Seattle and KNUC 98.9 HD3 Seattle.
0: Well, good afternoon. Eric Ryder, here with you on KKNW. We're approaching 4 o'clock, time for a quick look at our traffic. Southbound I 5 from the U District to I 90, still seeing congestion at this hour. Little hesitation approaching to on down to about South 200th. Then you'll see some slowing in the south end right around State Route 18. Now, Northbound I 5 finding some slowing just north of I 90 in Seattle. And in the north, and finding congestion, stretching from Shoreline to Mound Lake Terrace, and then again from Everett to Marysville. 405 southbound, slowing, stretching through Bellevue and Newcastle, northbound, slowing through Tequila, and again from 520 on up through the Kirkland area. Right now, 82 degrees in the sunshine. Stay tuned. Coming up, it's an encore edition of Story U Talk Radio with your riding coach, Coach Debbie.
1: NBC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. A top Biden administration official is on board with a review of documents seized from former President Trump's South Florida home. John Kirby called it appropriate. His remarks come after Director of National Intelligence Avril Hines notified Congress that